0: Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse podcast. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. Performance coaching is something that is still relatively uncommon in many workplaces. It is a technique that is used to continuously stimulate employees and to help them to improve their skills, gain new skills, and reach their full potential. It is also a collaborative process that takes place through everyday interactions between a manager and employee, as well as between employees. I am extremely excited today to discuss performance coaching, and I have a guest that will surely make this conversation even better. My guest tonight is Tracy Borelson. She's the founder and CEO of TLB Coaching Events. Tracy is also about authenticity specifically in the digital space. In a world where it is easy to hide and follow someone else's path, Tracy endeavors to lead with her her personal brand, as well as encourage others to find, own, and show up with their personal brand leading their way. Tracy strives to bring more uniqueness to the world for individuals and businesses, because that's the way that's what actually stands out in the crowded marketplace welcome to the show Tracy and thank you again for coming on today
1: thank you Andrew I'm super excited to be here talking about
0: performance coaching I am excited to have you Tracy and just for our listeners I want to get this out of the way. I have been pretty active in on LinkedIn for the last 10 months, and I will admit that I have become super fans of some individuals and I want to let you people know that Tracy is one of them. I've become a super fan of hers. I just love the way that she speaks so clearly and she talks about authenticity in my intro. So she does she is authentic and empowering in everything that she Thank you Andrew.
1: I appreciate that. I do authenticity is legitimately one of the most important things to me and I think it's highly underserved in the digital landscape. So it is my honor that you have experienced me that way so far.
0: It's uh, it's awesome to again it's awesome to have you on. How are things been? What's new?
1: Oh man, I feel like I, here's my belief about authenticity and when we start to practice living more into our authenticity is that there's this state of flow, which feels really good, but is somewhat unpredictable (laughs) at the same time. And so when it comes to what's new, there's always just, I feel like I live in a land of opportunity and it's just always fun to explore where... What is an opportunity today? So I think it's fun for me. I'm like a variety type of person, so I don't like things to be the same all the time. So yeah, I embrace that flow. I embrace that change. And I think that's part of evolving as a
0: human. Wonderful, wonderful. It's great. It's great to hear that you're you're doing well, Tracy. So you've been on the first time you've been on my show. So just to... Let you know before we begin. I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going on the show. So, are you ready for yours?
1: I am ready.
0: Okay, perfect. So I'm gonna admit I will. I was I giggled when I chose this one because I think it's perfect for you. So my question here, Tracy, is: So in your opinion, why do you think people use the saying "You can't have your cake and eat it"? Wow. That is like way beyond the realm of areas
1: (laughs) I thought we were going to go with this first question. My brain has to work really hard. I think it's, to me, it's tied to you can't get everything you want. One of the things that I know people used to say to me a lot, specifically in university for whatever reason, I went to business school, was that there's no such thing as free lunch. And I put those two things in the same Category. So, anyway, my interpretation. To me, the concept of there being no free lunch just means that there's always an exchange. There's an exchange happening. So, there's. I, you know what? I'm trying to think about where this. Where did this cake thing come from? <laughs> it's like a just, I'm with you. This cake thing doesn't make sense at all. If I'm gonna have a cake, I'm gonna eat it. Why other reason would I have a cake? This is like. Who in their right mind gets a cake and then just sits there and looks at a cake and doesn't eat it That just seems like the worst possible scenario
0: <laughs> i totally agree with you if i it's almost like a tease almost like you have a piece of cake it's sitting in front of you but it's, this is here but you can't have it so yeah. i totally agree with you so i just seen that i'm like i gotta ask tracy this one uh, she's gonna get a kick out of it and i was and- like i
1: I don't know if i Andrew, but today, the day we're doing this recording, is actually pie day. Like the mathematical pie, mm. not actual pie. But it's something that I celebrate every year by eating pie. And I am on, for the, everybody's future reference, I am on team pie, not team cake.
0: Okay. So what kind of pie did you have today?
1: Strawberry rhubarb was what we often have pumpkin and apple so i wanted to go with something different and sometimes i even do like a savory pie like a shepherd's pie mm. but the problem with shepherd's pie is that it's also saint patrick's day three days from now and i feel like shepherd's pie is the saint patrick's day thing now i'm revealing just like a huge amount about my meal planning <laughs> that people probably don't need to know but fun facts <laughs>
0: that is awesome that is awesome thank you very much for at least putting up with my comical questions and stuff that I do at the beginning of each episode so thank you again for putting up with that
1: Oh, there's no such... I'm a personal brand advocate, Andrew. There's no such thing as putting up with me. There are people's expressions of their personal brands, and I celebrate it. I am all about it. You do you, man. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's get things started here. Tracy, I've had the fortune of meeting you and talking to you on LinkedIn, so I know a bit about your story, but for the benefit of our listeners... Why don't we start off with you telling everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, we've already covered pie versus cake, so that's an important piece of who I am. I drink coffee, not tea. No, that's the complete opposite. I don't even know how that came out of my mouth. I don't drink coffee at all. I only drink tea. What? I am a mom. That's a very big part of my personal brand to me. My son Nicholas is mm-hmm. almost fun, and he teaches me something new about personal branding every day, which I very much celebrate. Mm-hmm. Mom is hands down my favorite job. It is also my most difficult job, but it helps me to grow every day. And mm-hmm. I, as a growth minded person, that is something that has actually been really fun for me. On a career side, I went to business school. I ended up majoring in marketing because it was the only major that didn't require me to take the government in business class which i tried to take and i was not a fan so i ended up in marketing i stumbled into a role as a vet coordinator very early on in my career at a company my dad was working for i progressed through the ranks i left because i was disenfranchised to some. degree. I thought it was with marketing. I I didn't know if it was with marketing or marketing retail furniture, which is what I was doing. So I went and worked in a direct mail print shop for a little while. And then I went and worked in marketing as, as move digital, just like everything else. So into marketing automation technology, something in that arena that always drove me nuts was this fake version of personalization which is i'll put your name on it and then you'll think it's personalized but it's completely generic email there was just a lot of things that i floated through in my career and one of the things that i floated into was leadership which Mm -hmm. is i believe that's where i was meant to be people are the thing that are the most interesting to me So we're talking about performance coaching today and one of the things that I always found so interesting is that people create actually I don't even I don't even know that I could confidently say a fifty percent of employees have a performance management plan and a performance growth plan. And then even for people who do, it's usually based on what the company needs out of you or what your manager needs out of you instead of your highest potential. So I'm really excited to explore that today because that was like the biggest love for me in my career is managing. Mm-hmm. Even though now I am an entrepreneur and all I do is manage myself, there's still a lot of leadership that mm-hmm. can be done for people who have those like natural leadership tendencies. So yeah, this is a little bit
0: about me. you told a little bit of a fib because you said you don't manage anybody you are living in a household we have a child and a husband so you do manage them because i have a wife here and i have a wife at home and she manages me and the household so i imagine that it's the same way for every household and as a man i'm not afraid to admit it the women run the households
1: and it's actually really interesting for me because so i grew up in a family with three girls and there were a lot of really like classic gender role type of things right my dad went to work made the money my mom stayed home looked after the kids paid the bills cleaned the house cooked the food so there was a lot of that really traditional gender role and it's interesting for me now because I run my own company, which I am very proud to say I am the CEO of. Having a son, it's very important for me to show him that this can be a team event and it doesn't have to just be the woman who runs the household. So my husband and I try, we try really hard and how successful we are is yet to be seen, but we do really have an intention of working together to run it as run the show as a team. But at the end of the day, and I think this is important from either a household or a business perspective is at the end of the day there is always one leader. There is somebody who rises up as a leader and that those natural tendencies are things that are very important to pay attention to, very important to promote and train towards and yeah okay I accept I am the leader of my household
0: (laughs) you talked yourself that doesn't mean
1: mean you can't try to make it even
0: oh for sure oh for sure (laughs) you talked yourself into it so that's pretty good that's pretty good
1: (laughs) I do that a lot by the way I talk myself (laughs) in and out of things (laughs) that I hadn't planned on
0: doing so Tracy what did you tell our listeners in your opinion What does performance coaching mean to you?
1: So I want to call out the two pieces as part of your definition of performance coaching that you read earlier, Andrew, that really stand out to me. The first one is highest potential, and I alluded to this in my intro, but I think often in the business perspective, the concept of highest potential gets convoluted into what we want people to do for a job. And that doesn't necessarily relate to what is that person's highest potential. And if we're not looking at what an individual's highest potential is, then I think we lose the performance piece of performance coaching. We may be coaching, but we're not really coaching for performance because it's not aligned with who they are and their natural tendencies, their natural skills, things like Clifton strengths, right? Like they're the areas that they tend to thrive, achieve. Um, if we're ignoring those things, then I would say that we're not really performance coaching. The best case scenario, just coaching. And the second piece is collaboration. And this is something that was always really interesting to me because when it comes to a human's growth, take it out of the business perspective or take it out of the home perspective, just looking at an individual human, when it comes to a human's growth, there's support that is required from the community and i don't know if you've ever experienced this andrew but i experience this quite often with my community is that the people in my community have this beautiful ability to reflect back the my greatness, right? So, mm-hmm. the things that I'm good at, the things where I thrive, the areas where I achieve, and it's really easy for other people to see that in you, and it's much harder for us to see it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, having that community of people, co workers, family members, managers, leaders who are participating in that performance coaching, I think is. Again, really critical for
0: optimizing the experience. I love I put that into the intro, but I do think that collaboration is important because they say that you're on your own, especially in a work environment. You're not in a good work environment. You're not alone. You do have your teammates. You do have your management that you can go to to speak to them about any issues that you're having or any trouble or if you need help because you there's good collaboration then you will you can't fail you can only succeed and there would be the highest potential because of that
1: yeah and i think you in your description i think there's a really important point for us to address here as well andrew is that Collaboration doesn't exist in spaces where psychological safety doesn't exist. So personal expression doesn't exist there. Collaboration doesn't exist there. And so when we're talking about an arena in which performance coaching can even come into play, there are those like minimum viable inputs that are required to create a space of performance coaching. And it's not Mm -hmm. available without psychological safety.
0: I totally agree. So. Tracy, now that we've established that, what is the role of performance coaching? So, what is the role for leadership when it comes to per- performance coaching?
1: I think it's business optimization. <sighs> Just mm-hmm. keep it simple. Like, as a business, you have resources. You can ignore those resources. You can take advantage of those resources, mm-hmm. or you can optimize those resources. Mm -hmm. And if your intention is to optimize your resources, then performance coaching is like the pinnacle of Mm -hmm. being able to do that. I look at it from what I'm imagining in my head right now is like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I don't know if everybody knows what that is. It's very common in marketing, but the base level of need is safety. Mm -hmm. So people need to feel safe. People need to not be hungry. People need to have that base level of physical safety. And then there's additional levels that move their way up. And at the very top is self-actualization. And I associate that with a human reaching their highest potential. And that is the role of performance coaching, to move people from the minimum value contribution that a team member can have to the team to the optimal contribution that person can have to it.
0: I just love that you just said the optimal level I have a story that I thought of today when I was preparing for today for this episode and it a couple years back my wife and I went out for supper we went to a restaurant and we got our meal and we went out for some burgers it was like a Saturday afternoon and the meal came and the hamburger wasn't cooked so we called the manager over and we said look we got the burgers from uh, a waitress. I'm uh, not sure, we just put the order in. They came pretty fast and it, was, it looks like it wasn't cooked. So the manager was like, oh my God, let me take it. So they brought it back. They actually made us brand new ones and they took care of us for the rest of the time that we were there. And the manager came to see me and said, asked me my opinion. Did she take the time to listen to what your order was? Did she ask you what, how you wanted your burger cooked? So he asked me some questions and I thought, oh, okay, I will answer them for you. And I told him, I said, and reason why I brought it to your attention is because I wanted you to know most people don't want to, most people just leave because they're upset, but I wanted mm-hmm. to give you the opportunity to fix the situation. And he said to me, I appreciate that, sir, this a coachable, a performance coaching moment. So thank you. When I was writing the script up today, I just thought of that story automatically because if I didn't tell him anything, he would have never known about it, nor would he have been able to fix it.
1: I think that's a really great example of the power of feedback. Mm. And I do think that's an important aspect of, again, performance coaching and really even basic coaching is that... It's, it's things are framed as learning. Although so I believe that every mistake, every failure is a, is a coaching moment. That, mm-hmm. they're, that was based on somebody not knowing something. And there's, again, in my experience, I've worked with people who care about what they're doing, right? They're not negligible. They're not apathetic. They are trying to do a good job. And One of the things I used to always tell my new employees in their onboarding was, you will make a mistake. There's no if you make a mistake, it's when you make a mistake. (laughs) And the reason why we have a team is that we can support each other when we make mistakes because we're humans and we're going to make mistakes. And so my job is to help you learn what you could do differently, not Mm -hmm. make the same mistake again, because I'm not about making the same mistake over and over, but this is what we are here to do and we won't we can't learn and grow and evolve if we don't try new things and we don't make mistakes let's just not be afraid to make a mistake and a lot of people are afraid to make mistakes so a lot of people are afraid that if they make one mistake they're going to lose their job and that comes back to a culture thing i believe but again those are not theoretically now we're not talking about a psychologically safe environment
0: anymore no and like you said you just said it there if we don't try i used to be one of those people that didn't want to try because i was afraid of failure now i try because i say you know what i'm going to try it if it doesn't work then we try something else and you learn from that you take little notes and you say okay now i'm i learned from that let's that's how that worked out, so now let's try it this way and let's see how that works out. But right. if I never tried it, then I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna know if it worked and I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna learn from it cause I didn't have the confidence to try.
1: Well, and if you're expecting your employees to always be growing, like always mm-hmm. be better, the time that you spent here has made you a better XYZ marketing coordinator, HR director or whatever role you're in, right? Then that's not possible without failure, without learning, without growth. So Mm -hmm. it's then folly to say, we expect you to learn and grow, but not make any mistakes. No kid learns how to ride a bike without falling over. Exactly. It's not a thing. So we can't, I think in business, we... We just forget. We forget that all learning happens the same way,
0: (laughs) right? Right? Learning to ride a bike
1: is the same way you learn how to manage people, (laughs) right? Um, Absolutely. You gotta learn it and you will fall
0: down. Absolutely. So what are some of the benefits of performance training within an organization setting, in Mm -hmm. your opinion?
1: Yeah, and, and to me it comes back to that same piece about optimizing your resources, right? And I don't like, I feel like, I'm talking a lot about resources, but like, people aren't just like a battery. I can't just plug my battery into my phone or plug my phone into the wall and it, it charges, right? Like, there mm-hmm. are things that a human needs in mm-hmm. order to feel charged, and this is where performance coaching can really support a human's mm-hmm. development because, again, like we talked about, and in, in your scenario with the restaurant, this is really like performance coaching in that this is your job role, and you need to be able to do this task. But at the same time, that's really, again, I come from software, so I use the phrase minimum viable. (laughs) But that's really like the base level of performance coaching. The high level of performance coaching is that I get to be the best version of, and what is Tracy's greatest contribution to the company? So I was actually having a conversation with a client recently, and they called—they called me a tornado of creation. Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh, I love that." But by nature, a tornado doesn't sit still. A tornado isn't peaceful. A tornado yeah. isn't—and cl- it really made me look at what is my personal brand. How are the ways <laughs> that I show up in my genius? Right? Yeah. Not just how are ways that I could show up, but how are the ways I show up in my genius? And that is where my genius lives. When mm-hmm. there's thoughts over here and then thoughts over here, and my brain like swirls them together and sees an answer that other people can't see. That's a great strength of mine. And mm-hmm. so performance coaching at the top end of that would be like, how can we coach Tracy to be more that, to be a more effective tour instead of saying, okay, no, you're too spinny you're too fast, you need to slow down, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to train you how to slow down. That's not optimizing my performance, that's actually hindering my performance. And so I think it's really, there's a lot of, um, and I feel like this happens a lot in the people arena, is that we start to look at these things like boxes that we're checking, so we're going to say, okay, I have a performance coaching plan in effect. And what it means is like every time I make a t- server raw burger, I get coaching. <laughs> okay, but not really. A lot of the things that I talk about have to do with intention. And what is your intention? Is your intention to create fully optimized humans? Is your intention to create a dependent customer experience? One of the things about customer experience or brand experience in general is that there's unique ways that every single every single person delivers on that and so am I systematizing things to the point where everybody is actually going to show up as exactly the same is that meeting my goal and in Mm -hmm. some scenarios it might be and there might be some people who need that kind of structure and framework and Mm -hmm. operate really well in that scenario but like trying to put a tornado into that scenario is a terrible plan because the tornado will just always try to prove that they have a better way of doing it and it like pros and cons to every, For every sure. personality type but that is actually the point right is that everybody has strengths mm-hmm. everybody has weaknesses sure in terms of coaching from the weaknesses perspective there are minimum viable things that you have to do yeah. in order to say that you're executing on your job but when it comes to performance coaching it's really more so about coaching to the strengths and paying attention to how those strengths balance throughout the team.
0: Oh, for sure. And when I was preparing script today of this episode, it made me think, okay, so like I know you were, for our listeners, Tracy was, she's a sports girl. She played basketball. So we, so she's gonna understand this, that when, when I played hockey and I coached hockey, when we were in school, we had a coach, was a teacher. When you played sports, you had a teacher. So you basically grew up with a coach pretty much all through your life in some form. But then when we become an adult, we don't feel like we need it. And maybe not everybody will, like you said before, everybody's different. So maybe some people may not need it. Maybe people may not need, or some people may not need it as much as other people. But in some capacity, there are quite a bit of people that still need it, so it is important to me, and especially in organizations, in order to get the to increase productivity and to help employees. I definitely think it's important as well.
1: I think I'm going to go bold with this and say, in order for a human to thrive, they need a coach, and not every person needs the same kind of coach, you might have Mm a health coach or personal trainer or a I have a self-love embodiment guide and like these are just one of the things that I say quite often again basketball I mean pick any sport I always think of this as basketball but you can't coach and play the game at the same time No, those are two different jobs and so while you might be a leader in an organization and be responsible for performance coaching other people You cannot performance coach yourself. You can have like good self-awareness and you can have tools in your belt on how to deal with emotions and communication challenges and those types of things. And these are all, but in order for each human to be optimized, again, regardless of whether you're looking at that in life or in business, For a human to be optimized, it takes an outside perspective and that outside
0: perspective is what is provided by a coach. I totally agree and I'm down with what you just said. That is spot on, Tracy. So something that I read on your website that caught my attention was when you say monetizing your community in a way that aligns with your brand and value. So what I want to know is in your opinion what are some tips that you can offer to leadership or management that are looking to find ways to monetize their community or employees and empower them through performance coaching and brand alignment
1: this was a tricky one and i was glad you sent it to me in advance because i had to think about it so here's the thing you a community is like a solar system so your business is the sun and your leaders, managers, the employees, partners, are all orbiting the sun, mm-hmm. so they're all going around. That entire group of things that are orbiting the sun, so planets in this scenario, mm-hmm. are your community. And I think one of the things that is most often missed in this concept is that, like, <sighs> people, say that i'm a capitalist all the time although i more so identify as a socialist (laughs) but businesses are in business to make money right (laughs) businesses need to make a certain amount of money to pay their employees to to accomplish the things that they're trying to accomplish so monetizing is not bad monetizing actually has to happen in order for your company to stay in business and in order for you to keep people employed and we're in a hiring scenario right now which is experiencing a lot of layoffs Mm -hmm. and layoffs happen very simply because the company is not making enough money so there's either a problem on the spend side or there's a problem on the earning side Mm -hmm. now that's a conversation for a different show and if people want to learn more about that they can just read my blog because i have all the opinions on it but when it comes to monetizing your community There was a very important thing you said in the phrasing of the question, which is empowering employees. Monetizing a community doesn't happen with one person showing up. Like a marketing manager is responsible for creating a community and finding ways to monetize it. Monetizing your community is about building relationships with people who want to support your community. The more employees are participating, in that scenario the more relationships you can build it's just a thing right so if I have one person somebody gave me this example once which I thought was genius so apparently on average LinkedIn users have 901 connections or something it's a very weird. Level. it's not very helpful for the example but anyway so if I am responsible for sharing the story and and building the brand experiences happen in human to human interactions, then I can do that with 901 people. If two of us are doing that, we can do that with 1800 people. If three of us are doing that, like it just, like every additional person who's doing it times is that Mm -hmm. by 900 people, right? Mm -hmm. the more people are doing it, the more people who know about your organization, the more people you can potentially connect with who are have a need that you have. And here's the other thing. I was actually sharing this with a client in a session yesterday because she was saying that she has this partnership and she wanted to be able to say the exact same thing as the partners. We need to come up with some language that both of them can use. And I'm just not, people have their own way of talking. And as soon as you try to script something, even if you're looking at like stuff that's written on a website, right? That n- nobody says it like that. <laughs> Except me, if you look at my website, it's written exactly as I would say it because that's how I sound and I want to be authentic. As soon as you're in an or a larger organization, you don't have a natural single narrative. You have a concept and each employee interprets that concept differently. And there's no way to control that 100%. The only thing that isn't control, we all have 100% full control of, are our free thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So what I think about my organization, what I think it does, how I think we do it, all those types of things are my unique thoughts. When I can share my unique thoughts in my unique words, It resonates with specific people. And Andrew, if you and I are saying the same thing, we're going to say the whole concept of let's be diverse, right? Mm -hmm. I have my interpretation of what that means. You have your interpretation of what that means. And when each of us uses our own word, those words resonate with different people. So what happens is the message reaches more people. And so there's really backward trend in the marketing industry that tries to lock down this like one robotic version of how we tell people what it is that we do and the fact of the matter is humans don't exist like that. Humans don't talk like that and as soon as a human hears that they know it's fake. It disconnects them from the message instead of connecting them to the message. It's really about empowering your employees. And again this is generally where people start to see the breakdown and where they thought their culture was versus where their culture actually is, is that most employees, that especially employees who are working in an organization that's 500 people or more, they're not empowered because it's, it's too complex. It's complex to empower that many people. Mm. You need good leaders, not just managers. You need to have not too many direct reports <laughs> to individual people. You need an entire level of people management. And we hire an HR team that has eight people and we're like, hey, manage all of these 20,000 people. And you're like, just sick. it's not a thing. And so I think it's about being realistic, but I think it's also about, about culture at the end of the day. And are we, do we show up with an intention, I'll come back to intention a whole bunch of times. Do we show up with the intention of empowering people or do we show up with the intention of controlling people?
0: Mm-hmm. Just beautifully said, Tracy. I totally agree with everything that you just said there. That is golden nugget information for everybody there. Thank you for that. Tracy, if you could use one word to describe yourself, what word? I did
1: really a tornado of cr- creation, but that's three words. So I'm going to share the word that I hear most in conversation okay. with people okay. that for whatever re- reason really resonates with me, mm-hmm. and that is refreshing.
0: Okay, okay. That is a very good word. I definitely would say that is a word that fits you like a glove for sure. While I was preparing our podcast today, I took a little bit of time to think of a word of what I think of you. And the word that I came up for you is loyal. And the reason why I came up with loyal, so for anybody who doesn't know Tracy, Tracy is a very community orientated person and actually if you've heard me say community, it's probably because I heard it from her months ago and I just loved it and I thought I would use it for myself as well. So I just I hear you talk about your community and your peeps and you're so loyal and you have so much loyalty towards them and for me that's truly inspiring. And it's some of these people you probably never met before in person. So to for me Loyal would be the word for you.
1: Oh, I really like that. It makes me think of a golden retriever and I grew up with a golden retriever. So that's really meaningful to me. And I do, I want to just talk about peeps for a minute, right? Because one of the things that I, I so I, there's no actual definition of peepery. I use this like verb. <laughs> what does it show? What does it look like to show up as a peeper? Mm-hmm. It really has a lot to do with the foundational things we're talking about today, which is seeing people, appreciating people, respecting people, celebrating, and not because they fit into some kind of predefined box that you've given them, but that you see them for who they actually are and you celebrate them for who they actually are. Mm -hmm. And it's a different, I have a community, an online community I run called Your Business Peeps. And the reason why it exists is because in my, work experience, I had co-workers, I had managers, I had a couple of good leaders, but I didn't have peeps. I didn't Mm. have peeps that at the end of the day cared about what happened to me. And so this is what the Your Business Peeps community is all about. It's about putting people who see and appreciate people for who they are in a community altogether so people can be seen and heard Mm. and appreciated because Mm. I think that talk about minimum viable I think that is the thing that is minimum viable in this world that Mm -hmm. everybody deserves to be seen and that everybody is here for a reason if you didn't have a purpose you wouldn't be here and somebody needs to see that and I'm honored to be the one who
0: gets to do that that's awesome and you mentioned seen so Tracy's probably heard me say this many times but for me I want to be Tracy I got the community word for from her and I love that word because for me I like to be and Tracy hears me say this all the time I like to be seen heard valued and understood so like I said when I came saw that word loyal it just made me I'm like that's refreshing is you but Loyal to me is you as well.
1: And and this is a personal brand at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody is multidimensional. Everybody Mm -hmm. has multiple character traits and a unique combination Mm of things that makes them who they are. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be the Tracy you hear before you today (laughs) if I wasn't both loyal and refreshing and a whole ton of other things. (laughs) Also though, can I just, I'm being like really called to share this. I don't know if anybody listening is a fan of The Office, the American version, but there is an episode where Dwight is talking about loyalty and this Mm -hmm. is the thing is just in my, so he's like the number two guy in The Office, right? And he's talking about loyalty and he's the most important thing to me is loyalty and I will go wherever they value loyalty the most. Not that I put myself into that category, but it just is the thing that's happening in my brain right now. So for any other Office fans who are listening, there you go.
0: Any final thoughts today, Tracy?
1: I would just, I'm more of a challenge person. (laughs) So this would be my challenge for everybody today. Two prong, two prong challenge. Look at how you are showing up in a capacity to coach others that is based on them being the best version of themselves Mm -hmm. and two who is doing that for you someone needs to be doing that for you too this happens to leaders all the time i'm sure you've seen it andrew you might have Mm -hmm. experienced it yourself if we leave the leaders to be responsible for performance coaching their entire department and no one performance coaches them that's not fair and if that's something that is important to you Find it, find it in a different leader in your organization, find it in a coach, find it in a community, but you deserve to have it. I spent a lot of my leadership career, I describe it as battling dragons. <laughs> so <laughs> I battled dragons on the ramparts while my team sat in the sun drinking margaritas nice. and I defended them. I defended them from a lot of things and nobody defended me. And it, was the reason I ended up leaving my corporate work environment and I just don't think it has to be that way yeah. and so it's also not someone else's responsibility to do everything unprompted for you so if you've listened to this episode you want that for you go find it mm-hmm. go find
0: it Absolutely. Tracy, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, as after today's episode, I'm sure there's probably a lot. How would they get a hold of you if they're looking to get a hold of you? The
1: best way to get a hold of me is on LinkedIn. So you will find my LinkedIn links, I'm sure, as show notes for the episode. Andrew, make sure they're in there. That is where I am. I am on LinkedIn. I love connecting on LinkedIn. Let's hang out. Let's have a chat. And let's make sure more people in the world get performance coaching. Wonderful.
0: Well, on behalf of myself and my guest, Tracy, I'd like to thank you all for taking the time to to listen to us today. And until next time, be safe. And remember, if we all work together, we can accomplish anything.